Mr. Krobla, what is the danger of not providing any formal um, sort of paperwork when it comes to the inheritance of your child? Well, the problem is if you don't do that, then the inheritance will, will be paid over to the Guardian's Fund, which is administered by the Master's Office. And in this instance, then, um, although the minor can claim maintenance from from the master, he's now in the hands of of basically government officials who deals with literally thousands of these claims. So it can it's, it can be a very time consuming exercise for the minor to have access to to the funds for his maintenance. Now, a trust is said to be the best option in this regard. Tell us the reasons why, and, 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 and why is that the reason that only a trust can maybe assist a minor in this particular case? Well, the, the thing with a trust is when, when you, you have two different kinds of trust. You have an inter vivos trust, meaning that the trust is already created uh, during the lifetime of the, the, of the testator, of the parents, and then you have the more common uh, one, the testamentary trust, where um, that only comes into existence after the death of the testator. Now, what is what is important here is that the testator then nominates trustees to administer this, the trust, and it's quite important for the testator to nominate people that's firstly financially astute, and also people that he can trust. These trustees will then go after the death of the testator, manage the affairs, in other words, manage the assets of the trusts to the benefit of the beneficiary. And they will then maintain the minor children, <coughs> excuse me, um, from that trust hmm. and, until the trust then dissolves at a certain point in time. Now, how does one go about setting up such a trust? Well, the testamentary trust is not set up until after the death of the testator, but in his last will and testament, uh, the testator or testatrix will make provision for the setting up of the trust. In other words, in the last will and testament, he will say that uh, he wishes upon his death that the assets be bequeathed to the trust for the benefit of the, of the minor children, and that trust is then only created uh, uh, upon the death of, of the trustee. In that last will and testament, there'll also be the trust provisions will also be in your last will and testament, uh, setting forth exactly what uh, the conditions of the trust will be. And you can even go as far as to attach a whole trust deed to your last will and testament. But m- more commonly, you would just contain the provisions of the trust in your last will and testament. Now, those are some of the positives, but are there any drawbacks or negatives for, for, for creating a trust? No, not really, because um, when you want to look after the interests of the minor children, it's either the money gets paid into the trust because the children can't, uh, minor children under 18 can't uh, inherit. Um, so you either create the trust or the money gets paid to the guardian fund. So there's no real disadvantages. Um, as long as you make sure that the trustees that you appoint in terms of your last will and testament uh, are, are astute people and people that you trust. But by saying that, they are also... Um, uh, governed by the laws and, and by the master's office. So they also have, they must also, uh, at the end of, of each year 
um, account to the master for um, their actions. Now, just to go back, because we've seen in a number of uh, situations, in family situations, where uh, the the trust is, the, the, the trust or the money is being left to the children, and the children squander the, the money that is being left for them to survive. So are there any provisions that one can put in place in, in the trust that's being set up? Well, well, that shouldn't happen because the children wouldn't have access to the money mm. if it's not via the trustees. Um, they are not the ones that decide uh, how to spend the money and on what they spend the money. Those decisions are solely the decisions of the trustees. Um, they have no access to the money themselves. So they can uh, approach the trustees and, and tell them, for instance, they need money to go study or money for a car for even, or, or whatever the case. And that's why the trustees have a wide discretion, a very wide discretion, to decide yes or no. Uh-huh. A trustee can then tell the minor, no, I'm not going to pay for X, Y, and Z because I don't believe it's in your interest. Obviously, the, the minor will have a right to then take the trustee to a, uh, uh, on, to a court to, to decide whether it's, um, it's fair of the trustees to deny them access to certain funds. But as long as the trustees can um, show to a court that it's in the interest of the minor child, he'll be, he'll be all okay. So his, his duty is to look after the welfare of the child, but certainly not to squander the money. Well, thank you so much for that advice. Uh, that was uh, Steph Hroblar. He is with Blake Best, the Vet and Jordan Attorneys, uh, talking to us about trust and how you can protect the inheritance uh, of your children. The question really is about Youth Day today and, and the high unemployment rate, which the president will uh, uh, address this morning. Uh, youth unemployment remains one of the biggest challenges that we face here in South Africa as we celebrate Youth Day. In the last two quarters... Youth unemployment increased to 52% in 2018. That's from 51% in the last quarter of 2017. And that's why we're asking you, do you perhaps think that youth struggles evolved since 1976? Or is it much of the same challenges faced by the youth of today? Um, And what have the youth of 1976 done to influence the current generation? The country marks the 42nd commemoration of June the 16th uprising and with government catering for just 400,000 unemployed youth graduates, street children and those without skills continue to face neglect and a grim future. Calling themselves the forgotten youth, these young people often shelter under the bridges of the country's highways. Some support a drug habit, ecking out a living, pushing trolleys of plastic bottles and scrap metals, acting as unofficial car guards or just simply begging. Our political reporter and correspondent Ntebu Mokobo caught up with the government agency responsible for the empowerment of young people, the National Youth Development Agency, and filed this report. Born into a family of six with a single parent, 25-year-old Tsepo Gwari completed his schooling with a university exemption at the secondary in Pranfle outside Ranfontein, west of Johannesburg in 2013. And as a top student, he got a buzzer from the Houghton City Region Academy to further his studies. He is now a BCom graduate from the University of Johannesburg. After completing his studies in 2016, Gwadi has been sending his CVs to potential employers without luck. His wish is to get a job and take his mother and his five siblings out of the Ellen's Flay informal settlement. What I'm actually planning to do is uh, to build them the house, 
That's the first important thing that I want to do. I want to burn down the house and then I want to take them out of here. It's not a, a, a place that is good for me and for my family. That's what I think. With the unemployment rate among young people between the ages of 15 and 34 standing at just over 38% in the first quarter of 2018, Kwadi's situation is by no means unique. But he remains hopeful and says he has big dreams for the future, not just to help him and his family. He hopes to build a center of hope for all young people in the informal settlement and help learners who are doing accounting with their studies. My hope is just to be a CA, and I think I will be doing this in the next three years. I don't only want to work alone, I want other people as well to be part of it. I'm looking forward actually to recruit young people. I'm actually good in accounting, so I'm looking forward to open the School of Accounting around here whereby I will be able to help and assist those ones who are doing accounting. It's very important to give back where you come from. I'm looking forward actually to build a place in my community whereby I will actually give back to the community. President Cyril Ramaphosa has announced youth unemployment as a major priority, recently launching the youth employment service that will see businesses offer year-long on-the-job training to young people, and those offering apprenticeships will receive tax incentive for their efforts. The National Youth Development Agency is the body tasked by government to promote youth development and entrepreneurship and in helping unemployed graduates like Wadi. NYDA Chairperson Fisom Tweni says they are lobbying for government to pass laws that will do away with experience as a requirement and for companies to have quotas for youth in their staff complement. The people who've come out of the education system in our country from very reputable universities, part of the course material says that in your last year of study there's experiential learning. So how does that experiential learning get factored in to ensure that a young person that is a graduate actually gets a job? So one of the things that we've been calling for is that remove experience as an entrance requirement. But at the same time, if we agree that young people make up the majority of the people in this country, so why is it that the job market is filled with old people? So we've also called for a quota system. Women have called for 50-50. Young people in this country are calling for 40% representation across the board. But while there is hope for young graduates like Tsepo Kwadi, thousands more young people are without skills. Some of them have lost hope and have resorted to drugs in their despair. Mpotswana from Bretz in the northwest has been living on the streets and begging at intersections since 2004. Now a drug addict, he's selling plastic bottles and scrap metals at one of the scrapyards in the Jobek CBD. He is pleading with agencies like the NYTA to serve all young people regardless of their status. They must stop being ignorant and then first panel for personal gain. The difference is about the the Ishmael Mchilibi is also living on the hard streets of Jobek. He says he's homeless and addicted to drugs because government has forgotten people like him. not a matter of we like to smoke drugs. It's a matter of the situation that we've put himself into. So to come out, we also need someone who can help us with everything. Job opportunities are things that could do to take out all of the streets because without jobs we end up living in the streets end up doing wrong things robbing people doing scary things whereby the community has accept when they see you say that one is a thought it's malunde but from the nytss programs are in the offing for such young people we've got what we call a collins chabani youth build program to respond to these young people that are neither 
in training, they are neither in education, they are neither in employment. It's called the NWET. Now, in essence, what we would want to do is to start recruiting these young people to be able to create skills for them that are not necessarily academic. Because I think the mistake sometimes that we make is that we speak about education in the academic sense of it. However, there are young people that are standing in street corners, begging others are actually involved in drugs. And as the country commemorates National Youth Day on Saturday with the president having to meet and speak to the country's youth, forgotten young people now on the streets like Tsuana and Mjilibu won't even notice the day. President Cyril Ramaphosa will start his Youth Day activities with a walk from Morris Isaacson in central western Jabavu in Soweto to the Orlando Stadium where he will address the main Youth Day rally. I am Tebu Mokobi in Soweto. There, of course, that uh, powerful package there from Tebo. Joining us now to speak about the legacy of the 1976 youth and the impact of it on uh, on the youth of today is Mr. Seth Masibuko. He's a, he was a youth organizer of the 1976 uh, student uprising. Uh, Mr. Masibuko, very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Once more, the morning of June 16, and uh, we're up for it again, and have a good one. Now, you heard in that particular package and some that we played before, there's triple challenges of poverty, inequality, and, of course, a 52% youth unemployment rate. Now, the question would be immediately, is that what the youth of 76 fought for? Not at all. Not at all. But let me be quick to say this. that You see, where the problem is, my brother, is that what the youth of 1976 fought for was... it. it I mean, Solomon Mashang would have said, you know, the tree of liberation was watered by the blood of the Matthias. But unfortunately, our youth today are not enjoying the fruit of that tree. Never mind the shade of that tree. Instead, what is happening is that many of them are actually destroying the tree. And again, what 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 sits me uncomfortably is this thing that now when our youth think of you know, uh, uh, having achieved something, it is when they drink, dress, and drive. Very materialistic way of thinking. That is why Steve Biko would have said, you know, we need some form of psychological, you know, liberation or mental liberation. And that which is going to assist us to actually get out of being colonized or of, being, of understanding things for, from only the perspective of materialism. There is a lot that we need. Let's talk about what is happening now, social media. What is happening in social media now, where children are beating up teachers? Mm-hmm. How, how are we addressing that? Which, where women are being raped? How girls actually are being raped, let's put it that way. Now, I'm trying to say there are those basic values that even if you have economic freedom, you still have a problem with because your mental state doesn't know how to handle what you have. Talking about values, now we know about the struggles of the youth of your time against uh, apartheid, Bantu education, Afrikaans as a medium of instruction at schools, but what would you say gave the youth of your generation that drive that it had to fight the system? Point. From the beginning, when we, before we even went into the streets, when we were just in the classroom, wanting to come out of the classroom, having through, through uh, coaching classes and all those things, there were basic principles that spoke from the perspective of being black conscious, of being African. So there were things that you would not do. There were things that uh, I would not pick up an adult, for instance, particularly that is, 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 is senior to me. I would not throw an insult to a teacher, although there were teachers who were not behaving very well. So there was 
as I say, that we were informed more than anything else. Our, our push, our drive was more of liberating ourselves from the, 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 the mentality which was brought about by education, which was brought about by apartheid. So that drive, that push of saying, you know, I want to change this situation gave us that impetus. And that impetus came also from thinking black, from doing black. You know, when Steve Biggs said, black men, you are on your own, you know, and I mean, we spoke along, along the lines of self-reliance rather than entitlement. You know, that then said there was no one was going to fight this battle for us. We will have to take the battle in our hands. And that is why we faced the bullets with our boots, with our books. Now, there's a, a, it seems to be there's a disconnect between your generation's spirit of oh, yes. effecting change and the oh, seemingly yes. entitled youth of today. Yes. Is that a oh, fair yes. observation? And how do we overcome this type yes. of uh, yes. uh, entitlement? My brother, my brother, let me tell you. And I'm going on this stage in 16. I'm going to apologize to many of our young people. And please understand, I'm going to apologize. I owe them on behalf of those who died and disappeared and on behalf of the many that still live of the leadership of 1976. I'm sorry. You know what we did? We, the leaders of 1976 and the years around the time, after 1994, we totally disconnected with our young people. We rushed for BEE. We rushed for Parliament and left our children unattended. Left our, 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 our youth, you know, without leaders, without... We always wanted them to start accumulating for ourselves quickly. And then the next thing, left our children behind. And let me tell you, that is when our children got captured. Captured by who? It's up to you to make your own calculations. And then it is that time which we disconnected with our children. We never even gave them even the understanding of the day June 16. We even then other people then misrepresented that day. It lost its value. Now, what am I trying to say is that this has got, whilst we're pointing a finger at the youth, whilst we're pointing a finger at children, we must be pointing a finger at ourselves. And for that, that's why I'm saying we need now as young people, and I promise, and I'm saying we are starting to do that. We need now to reconnect with our young people. That we pet, you know, Mama Wini never packed her bags from Soweto to, to Sandton. Mm. We need now to, we need to start saying, you know, we are still here. I'm in Orlando East. I work with young people, a few of them, you know, but the point is we need a broader, you know, kind of an, an, an engagement with young people. There's a group that has just come together called the, the, the Group of 76. And we are starting to say, let us start even with documenting the history of 1976. So that when you ask a child about Hector Pistolson, about Hester Sinclair, about CAC, that child must be able to answer. Because at the moment, our children can only answer when you ask them about who the warp, Drobadaris, and Reche. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds so, like a wonderful initiative, Mr. Mazibuko. Uh, when are you launching that initiative? Was it launched already? Uh, uh, it's still very much... Uh, we were recently met to define ourselves and, you know, be able to position ourselves. And uh, you'll be hearing about it. We just met at Vest University. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are very good leaders in that. High-profile leaders who, who unfortunately who unfortunately after 1994 were suppressed, ignored and isolated. Mm-hmm. Now we have come together to say that now there's a lot that we can do even to assist you know, government in rewriting of history, of, of history and rebuilding you know, values driven leadership 
you know. And 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 we're, I'm, I'm, the only thing that I'm saying is that that group you will be hearing about it very soon. There's Wonderful. A lot of work that has been done. Tell us how you'll be commemorating Youth Day today. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me that. You know, I thought you're not going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, 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 this morning I'm visiting at the graves of Siete Mashinini and uh, and um, and and the Siatulu. You know that we placed them, you know, next to each other. Yeah, so I'm just going to bow my head right there this morning. And then after that, we've got a short walk um, uh, that uh, is uh, looking at uh, children, you know, the 87 children at a school that were sexually molested. Mm-hmm. Uh, some group of young people and ourselves and some few celebrities will go there and uh, light a candle because to us, those kids, you know, they are any other, like, they're still experiencing what we experienced in 1976 because it was children that were killed in 1976. And those children's future is already killed after democracy. Mm-hmm. So we'll be remembering more of children. And this is a project that we are also handling with the Mandela Children's Fund and the Human Rights Commission and REPSI. And then so we'll be coming together and remember this. Just our focus is not going to be dancing over death and filling up the stadium. Mm-hmm. That we don't identify with. Uh, we are going to be reflecting and then now coming up also with, we actually had these kids yesterday with your radio station, with your radio station. Mm. We were flying them on a, on a helicopter around Soweto, you know, to say there is life beyond just the shack you are in. That's right. And uh, that we did with uh, SAFM and then with another f- a, a mm-hmm. group that is doing uh, helicopters. Yes. So to us, June 15 should be that. Mm-hmm. To us, to me, June 15 should be that. It should not be about drinking. It should not going uh, to. I mean, I had some people talking about because you can't even be talking about economic freedom without having had yes. psychological freedom. You can't. Mm-hmm. That is liberate your mind first. Because what do you do after getting that economic money, that that economic freedom? When you get that money in order, you become very selfish. You become very materialistic. Mm-hmm. So I am praying that now let us do those practical things that are they the community that can impact for our community. And please, please, I'm requesting South Africans, and particularly those coming from black townships, don't put on school uniform and go and drink. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Mazibuko. That was Seth Mazibuko, a youth organizer of the 1976 student uprising, very passionate about the youth. Now, as we commemorate uh, June 16th Youth Day today, we are joined on the line by Howard Zondo. He's a self-published author, a university student, as well as a mentor to other young people in Mamalodi. A very good morning to you and welcome, Howard. Good morning, sir. Um, Thank you for having me. First and foremostly, it's Youth Day today. We're commemorating it. Uh, but I want you to tell us about yourself, where you come from, and, and the kinds of challenges that you face as, as a young person. All right. Um, I come from the township of Mamilori. Um, just a young person, as you mentioned, say, uh, I wrote a book when I was 15. Um, and what I've been doing currently is to do motivational speaking at my own school's schools in my township and precisely the challenges that have been there is honestly the stigma that lies around us as young people to the fact that you know we are told that our dreams will not come through because of our background and the situations that we are in and not to overlook the challenges that are really there but at the same time it's us also allowing external factors to really affect us so so much that we never see just how much potential we have as individuals.
So yeah, that would be just. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what would you say, Howard, are some of the biggest challenges your generation are currently facing? The biggest generation, honestly, has to be us uh, focusing much on just wanting to have fun, more especially on days like this, whereby the only thing we can think of is rather going to parties and just to drink and smoke and do all those other things. Whereas there's just such so much significance about this day that we can rather gather around these young people to say, looking at what the youth of 1976 has done, what can we do as the generation of 2018 to overcome and help our own brothers and sisters that have been, you know, uh, victims of substance abuse, uh, some is even violent. And at the same time, looking at that, we are no longer fighting the same struggles that the other generation faced. Rather now, it's about us being a unity as young people to gather around and really make the best of what um, our talents are and our dreams are in order to make our society a better living land for the next generation to come as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned yes. having fun and drinking, and uh, but there's also a lot of unemployment. There's also drug abuse. Yeah. There's this materialism, that political apathy that uh, the youth are, are, yes. are, are, are dealing with. Are these some of the things that you've observed in, in your uh, community or the, or the young people that you've worked with? Yes, sir, indeed. Um, unemployment literally all over the country and also in my township as well, you find that there are graduates that are sitting with their degrees and they can't find the jobs. And what I've been trying mostly to to tell your other young people is that as much as we get those um, degree certificates, at the same time the question becomes, are we employable? Because as much as we look for the jobs, how about we try to look at the jobs in our own communities that we can in, uh, create and also to do volunteer work, thus perhaps uh, giving us the platform to also get experience in, in jobs that we want. So as much as unemployment is there, that is undoubtedly true, but let us also we try to be employable in ourselves in the sense that we also try to equip ourselves with the skills and the knowledge in the jobs that we want to get ourselves into so that when we're there given those jobs we can then function because you may get the job because it's written on paper but at the same time you can't function to your utmost best so that means we have to be employable as well. Yes. Now you don't come from a privileged background so what influenced yeah. and inspired the drive that you have as a young person to help others and to even write a book? It was honestly the fear of being average, uh, understanding that my background does not define where my future is going to be, and also my source of inspiration being God, understanding that my hardships actually propel me for my achievements, and also not undermining where my future is going to be like by the location of my birth. So it honestly came at a point whereby I had to do something that has never been done before in my school, for instance, to write a book. So all just breaking the norms and the stereotypes that we are indecisive, we don't take our future into our own hands. And thus also helping other people to say, you know what, I may not write a book like Howard, but it say I can sing, I can dance. Let me just venture into that and focus on that so that if may I not, succeed in going to varsity, I may still have something that I can still get by the day. So it was just the drive to do something that other young people feel cannot be done by a young person in the township of Mamelodi. I seriously wish I had more time to speak to you, Howard, but thank you so much for your time in joining us. That was Howard Zondo, a self-published author, a university student, and a a mentor to other young people in Mamelodi. So what are you doing as a young person today?